As a writer and former journalist, I believe that words matter. Words are powerful, they make an impact, they influence, motivate, encourage, enlighten, and entertain. But as much as I love words, I recognize that there's a huge appetite for video within a fast-paced, instant gratification world. Video is easy to consume, it's user-friendly, and delivers a lot of information within a short amount of time. I mean, who doesn't spend a lot of time watching videos on YouTube, Instagram, and TikTok? And the challenge for many content marketers is turning all their words into videos. Wouldn't it be great if they could magically transform blog posts, guides, and tutorials into videos that inspire, educate, and engage? And what if they could do it at scale and have it optimized for social media? Well, Sergey Ross thinks he's figured out how to tackle this challenge. He recently launched Sway, a media production company that offers video strategy and production for B2B companies. Welcome to Marketing Spark. Great to have you, Mark. Thank you. Love to get into Sway, its origin story, and why you decided to launch the company. But before we do that, I'd like to get your take on the video landscape. Right now, TikTok is the bell of the ball. People love the format, more than 2 billion users, a platform that is becoming increasingly difficult for B2B and B2B SaaS companies to ignore. Can you provide some context in terms of where we're at with video within the B2B landscape? How important is it? How well are companies using it? And where are we going? What's over the horizon in terms of video and driving marketing for B2B and B2B SaaS companies? I think we're very early in B2B sense uh, where we are with video. If we look at, it's probably worth uh, for the audience to look at the video in, in three different landscapes. One is B2B, another one is B2C, and then you have individual creators. Individual creators have been doing video for a very long time. YouTube started 2009, 2010, and they've experimented a lot. Then B2C folks obviously push push the ground quite a bit. And B2B is more on a conservative end, as we know. But I think we are at the very, very infancy of uh, what B2B can do and what they will be doing in terms of video. Uh, what will happen uh, is uh, likely we'll see a lot more companies operating as a media company, producing consistent video content as part of a series. There has been a little bit of an uptick with podcasts, uh, but podcasts are mostly audio format. Some people put them on YouTube, but that was just a that was just a sneak peek of what to come. Uh, I think what we'll see with B two B is a better produced video series uh, that happen season after season after season uh, that work in parallel closely with the written content because you do companies finally figured out how to do B two B companies figured out how to do uh, written content. They have great engines, they have calendars, they have guides, they understand for purpose and all of that very well. But in terms of video, I think we're yet to hit that tsunami that is coming and that is going to be very exciting. In terms of TikTok, TikTok is a tremendous platform and it could be used for B2B as well. Obviously organic reach, obviously creativity and the fact that how easily people could discover your content is massive. Could this be used for B2B? Probably, uh, certainly worth at least testing, but a lot depends on the context. Uh, a lot depends on where the company is at, what kind of content they already have, what can they produce, and what developed channels they have. Because if they don't have a developed, if they have a developed email channel and they need results, like we know in B two B yesterday, 
you got to optimize for that email channel. You got to optimize for LinkedIn if they're on it. So there's always that resources and resources are limited. Um, but, and then the other point is if, for example, you have limited resources, you also want to be careful in what kind of channels you want to be on at the same time. So there's a few considerations to, to make there, but TikTok, absolutely, absolutely worth looking at. One of the questions that I have when it comes to video production is that it has become a lot easier to make videos, edit videos, distribute videos with the iPhone, for example. I mean, you have a, a, a beautiful camera in the palm of your hands. You can yes. buy some really good but inexpensive lighting for a hundred, a couple hundred bucks. But when you look at the B2B and B2B SaaS landscapes, there are companies that stand out as leveraging video. A company like HubSpot, for example, does a great job of video. But I would argue that those companies are anomalies or content unicorns because they stand out because they're the ones actually doing it. And many companies are still leaning hard into words, maybe into podcasts as a sort of almost like a little adjunct to conversations. Video still strikes me as being this platform that a lot of companies aren't leveraging, maybe because they don't have the resources, maybe because it's not how their organizations are structured. So what do you think is holding back companies from truly leveraging the power of video? I, th I think we uh, there, there are a few factors. One of the factors is uh, a bad habit of uh, that that started and certainly B two B of making one off videos that cost over five thousand, ten thousand dollar uh, per video, and and that is becomes that becomes a norm. Um, and you pair it with the, with the way that how conservative B two B industry is, then there's a perception that's been made that videos are incredibly expensive. I had to sit down in my office. I had to rent an office. I had to get a guy with a ten thousand dollar camera. That is that doesn't help. That doesn't help that perception. On the other end, also doesn't help. We have Fiverr, we have Upwork, we have people who very recently started offering repurposing services of short clips. They are good. They are better than doing nothing, but they are far. They're not really what what video can be. They're not most engaging. They are not native content. Uh, they are cheap. They have that advantage, but they don't really work very well. So then another component is marketing leadership and C-level leadership. Marketing leadership, they have certain perceptions, and those perceptions are not easy to change. Um, a lot of times, B2B leadership is conservative. They know what works. Uh, they know content works. They know demand gen programs work. And video, maybe we should try it. But then a lot of times they try a few videos. Uh, maybe they do a few webinars. And then usually... After three or four episodes, the project gets killed. So there, there's this combination of factors uh, that certainly doesn't help. And it doesn't also help because the video production companies, most of them, majority, probably more than 99%, they are offering traditional video production that is expensive um, or it could be cheap. So there's no uh, something in, in the middle that takes inspiration from either media companies uh, or individual creators where you could still take an iPhone make a video, but it do, you don't need expensive lights. You don't need production people. And it doesn't cost you that much. When I deal with my clients, and most of them are, are organizations under $5 million in sales, they're doing very little marketing or no marketing at all. Mm -hmm. And I want them to embrace video because I believe in video, even though admittedly, I don't use it as much as I should. I, I need to get back on LinkedIn. I should probably start experimenting with TikTok. When I press them to embrace video, the pushback is production quality. We have to script it. We have to storyboard it. 
We have to make sure it looks good. And I say, listen, it, you have to start somewhere. You have to start making videos so that you're actually in the video business. And I look at the way that I make videos. I have a $200 set of lights. I use an iPhone with a nice tripod. And I use Descript, this amazingly easy, user-friendly video editing platform. And I put videos out there that admittedly aren't the highest quality in the world, right. but my, my face is out there. I personalize my brand. I'm in the video game. And I try to convince my clients, this is, this is an, a good approach to experiment. I, I think that one of the things that has become obvious during the pandemic is that people accept lower standards of video. Production levels don't have to be high because admittedly, we're all working with- Absolutely. In, in our, at home. I do question the fact that there's such a resistance to just using some simple tools to get going. It's it's a lot to do with the experimentation, Mark. I think uh, it's it's the fear of the unknown uh, and 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 trying and, and being a little afraid, especially if, it, if it's when it's paired with results. Um, sometimes we speak with clients; they say, "Oh, what's the ROI on that video?" There is no ROI on that video. Nobody could guarantee ROI on the video the same way they can't guarantee ROI on a piece of content. Uh, you, they could guarantee impressions, but that would be done purely with ads. And again, there's a big question mark on who, where that audience comes from. So you, there, you can't guarantee it. Um, and if, there's a, if, if people come to video with that kind of resistance, it's going to be harder. But what they need to know and, and the, why we're talking about video, 80% of people want to consume visual content not right, not uh, in a written format. They want to watch it. The other one, which is really important, is trust uh, curve, because the trust through video is much higher than through words. Uh, I could guarantee pretty much for any B two B company, they will go on YouTube or on Google and look them up before, at, at a certain point in a deal cycle. They'll try to look them up and they'll land on that on that interview or in that picture on that something. They'll watch it, especially when they're a little bit closer to the bottom of the funnel, when they're in a consideration stage where maybe they're about to sign a deal. Maybe they've done a few demos and video really, really helps. Now, you, how many views that video going to get? Maybe 20. If you sign a 150K deal, that's pretty good. So so, so there's all, all these considerations that need to happen. Uh, and, and that's one of the reasons why we decided to instead going from the tactic uh, as a company is trying to convert written video, written content to video, we decided, hey, let's talk about B2B video strategy and playbook. Because if that stuff is not there, and most of the time it's not, then it just doesn't make sense to even try because we end up again with a one-off few pieces of content. They, they, they kind of work, they don't really work, but, but, uh, but the big part is they are not synced with, with marketing campaigns or they're not synced with sales enablement. So then there's no distribution in place, sales is not using it, maybe marketing is not using it. So then the video exists on the webinar page under resources. Maybe they posted on a LinkedIn page, on the company page that got four likes. Maybe they've shared it with their newsletter, but that's not really the type of distribution that is going to get results. And, and we're talking, if it's a webinar, if it's a podcast, 45 minute, relatively boring piece of content. And that is not, it's good to have it to rank on Google, to, sorry, to rank on YouTube, number two engine on search, it's great. But in terms of optimizing for consumption, where you're actually going to get results, not the best way to do it. Short clips partially solve that challenge, but only partially. What you really want to be thinking is how to natively create videos that are a recap of what you have in a podcast or a recap of what you have in a written video format that also don't cost an insane amount. 
if you're a company that is not using video or using it in a very light way and you recognize that video has an impact, that it's the way to build trust and credibility, where do you start strategically? It's one thing to make some videos and post them on YouTube and TikTok and LinkedIn. And, and that's the shotgun approach to yes. marketing. Just put it out there and hopefully it'll work. But when you're working with clients and you're essentially saying, listen, plan the work and work the plan, what are the steps that a company needs to take to make sure that it has a, a strategy and a purpose and goals before it even starts making that first video? Of course, of course. Um, the first thing is uh, always good to look at the buyer journey. Uh, what does that look like? Uh, what does existing marketing funnel look like? What kind of content do you have already existing in your marketing? And, and the most basic exercise in the world, uh, just look at the top, middle, bottom of the funnel. Again, we know this actually is just, uh, this doesn't actually work in the real world, but it's still good to take a look at that. Uh, another part is to look at what marketing is doing right now. There are certain campaigns that are running, uh, what is coming up in the pipeline. Another one is what are the most uh, painful, what are the key questions uh, you, the target audience is asking consistently in the conversation on a sales call or marketing team? What does that FAQ look like? What is this question that it's, it's much easier to explain visually rather than explain in a written format? Um, so those questions would help at least to get an idea of where maybe the gaps are and maybe what what material could be better communicated uh, in a video format. Let's say you have a top of the funnel article. It gets a lot of hits and it's an ex general explainer. For example, what is cybersecurity? It's generally a good idea to have it in a video format. Uh, if you make a two, three, four minute a recap video with a good presenter and put it on that page, that's a pretty good. That's a pretty good option. Another one is uh, the bottom of the funnel. If you have, uh, if you're explaining your product beyond the demo, because most companies will have demo videos, but they're also not the most personalized in the world most of the time because they're outsourced and there's a lot of automation happens there. Uh, so, so looking at the bottom of the funnel and maybe there's something in the middle. Uh, but, but I, looking at the buyer's journey, looking at uh, existing marketing campaigns and, and looking at the current marketing funnel uh, and where people get held up. And if they're like, if there's something that that is that happens a bit slower, could visual communicating it visually would be easier. And uh, looking also at the sales team, what kind of, if there's a large sales team, if they're SDRs or AEs, what kind of assets are they sending? And could they maybe send something that is a bit more produced than a video art saying, hello, Mark, with a whiteboard? Once you embrace a strategic approach to video, where do you start? What's the first video you should make, and as important, how do you extract as much ROI from it as possible? There's a lot of talk on LinkedIn and other places about repurposing and distribution, and obviously that's one thing that companies need to leverage. So walk me through that first video, whether it's a minute or mm -hmm. five minutes yeah. or a 45 minute webinar, and then what do I do with it? Yeah, the, the classic one, the one that would perform the best would be top of the final video where you explain the, the global landscape, the big shift that is happening that leads people to uh, hopefully to your company value, to your company punchline. For example, there's a huge change that is happening in cybersecurity. There are more attacks that happen on, on computers, and that's why we're doing XYZ. And this is how it works. This is how attack happens on the computer. And this is why, why it's important. Those are top of the final videos. A lot of people 
would like to watch them. Uh, there's a chunk of, of people who would be outside of your ideal customer, uh, customer profile, but that's a good top of the funnel video to start. It's a typical explainer um, that where I would recommend to start. And then you put it on YouTube, you uh, make videos for, uh, for YouTube shorts, uh, you put them on in a verticalized format as well on LinkedIn. Uh, you would make them uh, for you, you could you could potentially make them for TikTok, but I would probably optimize them for LinkedIn, YouTube, YouTube Shorts, and email. Uh, the, especially if your sales team will be using them. And the difference between this type of video that I've just described and the videos that are right now being produced is that this is presenter-driven videos. There's a person, ideally it's somebody in your company who explains the concept, there are things that are happening on the screen and it's more human than if it's just pure animation of characters and a mega detached voiceover, uh, which actually costs insane amount and shouldn't. Uh, so this is the video that I would recommend people to at least consider at first, because I can guarantee they probably already made an article about it. You don't have to follow it to the T. Obviously, the video script is going to be different. But in terms of the length, honestly, two to five minutes would probably be enough. You don't want to make it too long. Just see which points do you want to hit and how how dense do you want to uh, make your point? Because you could make a video in 30 seconds. Uh, you could make it in 10 minutes. Uh, generally, two to three minutes is a good is a good length. I'm really glad that you mentioned overview videos because when I'm helping companies put together websites, they spend a lot of time on the, the value proposition and the key benefits and the features that they want to highlight right. and their customer logos. And there's an, a tremendous amount of time and effort and money focused on developing this website that's going to make this mm -hmm. impact. But the one thing I tell them is you need a explainer video and it needs to yeah. be on the homepage embedded in the hero image or, and or on the about page because a lot of people are lazy. They scan, they don't read, they want instant gratification. Mm -hmm. And an overview video is a great way to deliver your message really quickly. And then you can obviously use it in other places. When you visit a B2B and B2B SaaS website and you don't see an overview video, what message does it send to you? Obviously, as a as a videographer, you're going. They should yeah. hire me, right? <laughs> One of them. Yes. But what are they What are they saying? Like, is it is it just that they're cutting off their nose to spite their face, or they just don't know any better, or they just don't think about it? It's it's a mystery to me. Yes, yes, it's probably it's probably one of the two latter points that you made. They probably maybe are not thinking about video. Maybe they they don't have a a way to produce the video. But it's also the 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 the, the current landscape of explainer videos is 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 also a bit wrong in a sense that there's this explainer video concept, which is purely animation that costs a lot, that came came up a long time ago, years ago, and everybody still uses it. And there's a lot of animation companies that will hit other B2B leaders on LinkedIn gladly trying to sell it. But it, that's not what you should be doing. Uh, what you should be doing is just taking a human approach of explaining it like you're in a in a classroom, in a boardroom, uh, and, and just making it simple. And then, as a matter of fact, uh, you could make an explainer video that costs uh, significantly less that most companies charge by cutting the expensive video guy and just uh, and, and, and the lights. You can get a good ring light uh, that we could actually ship to you. You could use your iPhone, and what really matters is the sound. And then 
a lot of other bits are easy to add in in post-production and i could guarantee if you take that video and then use the typical 8k 10k video there the perceptual difference uh, will be will be minimal uh, and as a matter of fact you could always argue that uh, a video that is that is done on the iphone with no blur background in the back is more authentic People want to watch that. They don't want to watch this highly produced videos because they've been trained. Oh, this is an ad. This is like a, and then the, the moment the corporate music starts, you're like, oh, oh, we're in trouble. People are already leaving. Their retention rate is just going down. It is interesting that you mentioned the fact that anima- animated videos had their day and now it's, they seem like an anachronism is that yeah. they're so passe. And there was a company outside of Toronto that would make animated videos for these large companies and charged them 20, 30, $40,000, which was incredible. And now when I look at a B2B or B2B SaaS company and they use an animated video, if they actually have a video, my immediate impression is this is cheesy. This is so like five years ago. Why are they doing this? And what you're saying is that if you put a real person on the screen and you just, and you display somehow display the product or the benefits, that's a much better approach much to better. build authenticity and trust. Absolutely, it, it's it's really comes from the uh, creator uh, from the world of creators, the creators on YouTube, and and people who already get in a, a lot of views. It has authenticity. It could still look uh, reasonably corporate. Uh, it, it's a lot cheaper to make, which means that you could have follow up videos. You don't win with one video, you win with 10, 15, 30, because anytime you're looking at, at converting people, at, at, at selling people a service, most of the time you have 20 to 25 to 30 high quality touches that you need to have with your sales team, your marketing, your maybe CEO, your C-level leadership. So then you need to have those hits. If you have just one video, that's one hit. It's good, but then you want to, want to have a follow-up. And that's when really important to consider the cost and the resources because if you just make one yes you could repurpose it and that's great but then you also want to consider making more uh, if, if possible so then it's there's always this question of of the cost and uh, uh, making sure that you are you're able to produce videos into the future without but not not just stopping at one or two many years ago i was a journalist for two of canada's major newspapers, and I understand what it's like to work for a media company. So when I see posts on LinkedIn with marketing gurus saying every company needs to be a media company, my first impression is, whoa, that's a big responsibility. <laughs> there, there's a lot of work that goes into being a media company. Even if you have a yes. well-oiled marketing machine that is producing content and touching prospects and customers in different parts of the buyer's journey, that's a lot of work and effort. And all of a sudden, companies are being asked to turn themselves into media companies. I think that's very daunting for many companies, particularly those that don't have a lot of resources. Interested in getting your take on this whole media company focus. Is it realistic? And what are marketers really saying when they proclaim that companies need to be media companies? Fantastic point, Mark. This is a, a beautiful point, and and you're totally right. If you you no business could be a media company. That's just virtually impossible because of m- amount of work that companies need to do, the fact checking, the research. It's absolutely insane. And and as a matter of fact, they wouldn't be in their business. They would be in a media business if they were to do it. I think that this concept comes from the mindset. 
and the mindset of consistently producing content that people want to see. That, that, that people want to consume. Um, you can't replicate uh, every aspect of a media company. That, that would be absolutely insane. But the mindset of having an engine of consistently producing videos uh, with, with much smaller resources, yeah, I think that's really the message that um, certainly we want to communicate. And, and I think a lot of other marketers on LinkedIn want to convey as well, in a sense that you don't run marketing as a campaign after a campaign. You have a consistent um, stream of, of uh, material that comes out regardless of, uh, of where you are. In the question is always, how do you do this if you have a limited team? A lot of times is you need to probably outsource some of it. And a lot of companies do do that. It's one of those things that you have to do because it's impossible to do it with, with a small team. Um, you at least need to have, and most companies do, marketing leader. Either they call them a director of marketing or senior marketing manager, especially when they're really small. And that person would coordinate everything and be more of a communicator and strategist uh, and, and work with external partner. Uh, but... Uh, Starting on a small scale, like you've said at the beginning, is always a good idea. Maybe you don't produce uh, 10 pieces of content a week. You produce one or two, uh, and that's already so much better. But it's <clears throat> media mindset is also it's tailored to the customer. It's not about the company. It's about what your readers, what your viewers want to see that somehow connects to uh, to your to, to your service. And so it's, it's also a little bit selfless in that way where We've seen a lot of companies try to create a lead magnets and, and uh, own webinars, try to sell it. This is more of a consumption-focused approach with a consistent engine uh, of producing material. That, that's the way that I would uh, describe it. I do want to ask you about Sway and why it was started. But before that, two other areas to, to talk about. What's your take on... What's over the horizon in terms of video? What do you expect to happen in 2023 and 2024 in terms of how B2B and B2B SaaS companies should be looking at video and embracing video? I, I think we're going to see uh, more ways how companies repurpose video, more ways, uh, not just short clips from the webinars or short clips from the podcasts. That's been a thing for a long time. It's amazing that a lot of creators still say this is the way. Uh, anyone, anyone, anytime anyone says this is it, I get nervous because that's just not true. <laughs> that's, just not, that's just not the way that it works. There's tons of different tactics. There are tons of different methods. There's business context. Um, and so you can't just say one is better than anything else. Um, I think the repurposing will be an area where things will change. And we just might this year, certainly in the future, beyond 2023, we will see new formats appearing. Uh, more companies will be stealing concept from HubSpot uh, and they will find ways to make it more economical. In meaning, there will be presenter-driven content that right now performs extraordinarily well on TikTok and on Instagram, uh, and certainly has been doing like that for a long time on YouTube, talking head videos. Uh, B2B uh, industry doesn't almost have any of them, but if we were to look at the way that videos evolved, typically individual creators have it first, then B2C folks try to steal some of it, mostly by working with influencers, and B2B gets it later. So it's a bit of a trickle-down approach, and I think that's the way to see what's coming uh, in, in the next uh, couple of years. I want to get your quick takes on a few platforms and how companies should be approaching them and embracing them. Let's start with uh, TikTok. Right. What do you do if um, you look at TikTok and thinking, this is a cool thing, I want to be on it? 
The, the easiest one would be to uh, try to create content based off your written content. If you already have written content, um, it's worth uh, making a few experiments and seeing what kind of results you can get by either converting your written or using your written content and uh, making TikTok short videos about it and putting them and see, seeing what kind of impressions you can get. Uh, the other option would be create uh, net new videos on TikTok. Maybe it's somebody from your sales team, maybe it's somebody uh, on your marketing, maybe it's your CEO who's pretty good at speaking, um, creating a few bullet points and speaking, starting with pain points, starting with FAQ, most asked questions that your customers have. Um, and ideally, uh, you start with the top of the funnel because those are the general topics that will get you the views and then the views are necessary to convince people in your company to then produce more of these and just see what kind of results you can get this it may work it may not work um, but certainly you would get benefits if you were to do the same thing with youtube shorts purely because of the search because when people search you that, those will pop up what about linkedin with LinkedIn, there are two approaches. One is if you were to, there, there's this new concept that emerged two, a few years ago, growing your business with personal uh, profiles on LinkedIn. So let's say you, a few people in your company would be posting from their own profiles and, and a, a lot of content comes out from them and they drive a lot of impressions, likes and comments, and they bring the business, they bring the leads. That's one way to do it. Uh, it, it doesn't necessarily mean that everybody can do it because it's a big commitment a lot of time is spent on building it, as we know, because we, we, we post there. The more traditional approach is when you are po posting things as a, from a company page, from a LinkedIn company page, um, that's just different. Um, it doesn't mean that it's, it's, it's still worth doing, mostly for the bottom of the funnel, because you don't get a lot of impressions uh, and a lot of likes from it. Most people don't engage with company pages. Um, so uh, with LinkedIn, it's, it's, it's a mix of written content, of short form content. You could be posting memes. You could be posting something that uh, short videos uh, that hopefully you start making. And um, there isn't that much different, I'd say, that you could be doing. Um, it really depends on your approach, if you, whether you want to go from uh, your personal uh, personal profile, if you have a few people on, on the company that already do it, or, or a company page. But in terms of company page, if you want to bring that engagement, it's a very short form uh, content that... Um, takes inspiration from Twitter, to be honest. Uh, if you look at Twitter, people post a lot of memes. They post a lot of, uh, you know, like uh, uh, that type of stuff that is just like creates an emotion. Uh, if you just repurpose blogs, it, there's still time and place, but um, doesn't get a lot of engagement. What about Instagram? It really depends if your customers are there. Um, for a lot of, I don't, a lot of B2B companies are not doing much on Instagram. Uh, it, I would say it's worth testing, especially Instagram reels. I would just probably do Instagram reels. Well, forgetting too much, I wouldn't spend too much effort on just the regular Instagram feed. Um, and whatever videos you make for TikTok, uh, re put it back on Instagram reels because there's a organic, um, reach that, um, Instagram, uh, gave to people that could work potentially. Um, so, so that's, that's what I would do. We could probably spend a whole podcast talking about YouTube, but what's your what's your quick take on YouTube and B2B companies? Uh, yeah, I, I think just being there first. First being there, most B2B companies get anywhere from 10 views to about five to 8,000. 8,000 is usually like at the, the very peak uh, that they could you could get in B2B. Um, I think a lot of it is really titles and thumbnails. In it, Beyond the fact that you should be making more engaging content, um, it, 
be titles and thumbnails. That's the first thing that every B2B company needs to optimize because they've got a lot of videos and they could they could do better. Like for example, companies like Drift uh, and a lot of other successful B2B companies have terrible YouTube uh, because they're not optimized because people who do work with YouTube don't know how to do the YouTube. Uh, so that would be the first thing. Uh, consider doing YouTube shorts as well. Uh, ideally, YouTube shorts, um, they should be in sync with your TikTok efforts and Instagram efforts. Um, and then uh, and then also uh, doing research on the titles in the future. So when your new video comes out or a new piece of content comes out, the title is actually searched by searched by somebody uh, on, on YouTube already. So it already pre-ranks pre-ranked mm. uh, by other creators. So then uh, you're you're getting a b- bigger boost instead of just taking the title that your writer came out with because that could perform on the website, might not perform on YouTube. Finally, finally, yes. talk to me about Sway. <laughs> yes, obviously, this is your new <laughs> company. You're very excited. I saw you announce yes. it on LinkedIn a couple of weeks ago. It's a new approach to video. Give me the one-on-one on Sway and is it a solo effort? Are you, do you have a partner and what's been the reception so far? For sure. Uh, so yes, I do have a co-founder, my friend, Joseph Newton. He's, uh, he's back, he's in the UK. Um, and um, so we, we started it together about three months ago. Uh, reception so far has been really good. Uh, we've had a lot of conversations. We actually started with, uh, with, with the offer of taking your top performing written content and converting it into video presenter during video that uh, has a, that would have great distribution um, because you already have a content that ranks but what we realized that uh, where we started the conversation is uh, there are no uh, there's there's no b2b video playbooks people don't quite understand how should you build a strategy based on your business context based on your resources so we pivoted and now we start with uh, building b2b video playbooks for for companies is that that includes pretty much everything we'll look at your channels we'll look at your existing content we'll look at your sales we'll look at your marketing and we give you themes we give you topics frequency and based on your resources so we'll take everything into account and make sure that you're first producing video content you're producing at a cost that makes sense but you're also using all the advantages that you your marketing has already built and your sales is uh, is is doing. So we're looking at your buyer's journey and looking at your funnel. So that's the, the that's the step number one. And uh, for folks who want us uh, help, want us to help in them produce it, we will do that as well. But if they just want to understand what the hell do I do with video, well, we got that. Um, and anybody, as a matter of fact, we are doing uh, free video audits, uh, just stress testing uh, what companies are doing from a video perspective. Anybody who wants it, there's a link on the website and. Um, they could they could book it and uh, they'll get like a good idea of specifically for me what should I be doing. So that begs the question: Where do people find out about you <laughs> and Sway? Yes, so Sway is very easy. It's usesway.co, and you will see a big button in the on uh, at the center usesway.co. And for me, um, you could find me on LinkedIn. Probably the easiest would be just to leave a link. Uh, and um, I don't remember how am I. I think it's Sergey Ross uh, live on LinkedIn, but maybe we'll add like a a little link and we'll be happy to connect, of course. Well, thanks, Sergey, for all the great insight about video and how B2B and B2B SaaS should approach it. And thanks to everyone for listening to another episode of Marketing Spark. If you enjoyed the conversation, leave a review, subscribe via Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app, and share via social media. To learn more about how I work with B2B SaaS companies as a fractional CMO, strategic advisor, 
and positioning and messaging consultant, email mark at markevans.ca or connect with me on LinkedIn. I'll talk to you soon.